healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next one. Welcome back to Elon Music Clubbers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting or depressing episode of Discologist, depending on how you look at it. I'm your host, Kevin, coming to you live-ish from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, earlier uh, this month... Uh, David Berman, the famed David Berman of Silver Jews and uh, Purple Mountains, committed suicide, and uh, it it sort of wrecked the music community, his fans, people who knew and loved him. Uh, and it, like any suicide, is is terrible. Uh, earlier this week, Neil Gasol, who myself and Casey Ray had the pleasure to spend a few hours with for uh, for Dead to Me. Uh, also committed suicide, and uh, suffice to say, this week has been has been rough for a lot of people. We're on the low end of of who uh, was affected by that. But I think, you know, if if we were as gutted as we were and only got to know a person for two hours, you can you can imagine the horror that that, that the people uh, he left behind that were close to him uh, are feeling right now. Uh, so right off the top, our condolences go out to Neil Casal's family, David Berman's family, and all that. But uh, we were struggling with how to address before Neil's death how to talk about Purple Mountains. Uh, it's the last statement from an artist that many consider the most brilliant of a generation, and um, and his his passing and the, and the circumstances of it color how you will forever look at it. Um, and uh, but more importantly, we want to talk about it because our friend Eduardo is a super fan of Berman and will remain a super fan even long after Berman's death. Uh, and uh, so that's what we're doing. And you know, we're just going to get right to it. I think this conversation speaks for itself. There's not going to be any track after. Um, and I'll say this at the top, and I want to say it at the back too, but. If you are feeling like the world is is closing in, that the the darkness is is never ending and ever present, uh, and you don't have people you can turn to, you don't have uh, things you can turn to, you see no way out. Uh, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Sometimes life hurts and and it gets super dark, and that's why um, we are all here to to help out if we can. Sometimes we can't, but but hopefully hopefully we can because we need you here. So uh, with that, I think let's talk about uh, this uh, rather honestly, regardless of the circumstances, remarkable album. Uh, here is. Uh, kicking things off, our discussion of Purple Mountains, uh, All My Happiness Is Gone by the late David Berman. Friends are warmer than gold when you're old. Keeping them is harder than you might suppose. Lately I tend to make strangers wherever I go. Some of them were once people I was happy to know Mounting mileage on the dash Double darkness falling fast I keep stressing, pressing on Way deep down some substratum Feels like something really wrong has happened I confess I'm barely hanging on All my happiness is gone All my happiness is gone It's all gone somewhere 
that is a little bit of All My Happiness is, is Gone, and that is Purple Mountains, the project of the now late David Berman. Uh, David Berman committed suicide on August 7th. And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that because I think that's important to this this album discussion. But we're gonna try to like talk about the album as a whole first. Eduardo, you're here because you are a much bigger David Berman and Silver Juice fan than I am. I, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like the bar is set low there, but yes, I am. Um, no, I had. Um, uh, it's been you know I'm we've we've put this recording off a couple times and. Um, and including, you know, and since then, um, we've, we've lost Neil Casal too. And yeah. so, um, it's, it's been a really, really difficult month and, um, it's been a difficult year on a difficult planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, sums it up. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, it's been, this has been a challenging record for me to go back to and, um, in the, um, immediate, uh, aftermath of his death, there were several people close to him who emphasized that he was really proud of, um, this album and, and, and these songs. And he wanted, he went, he, he wanted his fans to have this music. And so, um, that helped me understand the context for it a little bit better, but I think it's, I think it should go without saying and, um, but we'll say it nevertheless. Mm. Um, you know, none of the music on here, none of his work is made better by his absence and by his death. And, um, and so, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing cool or romantic or artsy or punk about, um, about, um, losing the battle against depression. And so, you know, let's not, let's, you know, we're, we're, you and I talked a lot about being very conscious about, you know, we're not, we're not glamorizing, any of this it's 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 sad and it's horrible um and it's okay to be angry and upset yeah absolutely and and i would argue and we're going to talk about this in more in detail a little in a little bit that uh you know in given the situation around this uh the context kind of i can see where it can ruin the album for people yeah it, it, um, it um because for sure can uh, because uh, again something we're going to get into uh I, I can't see it as anything other than a, a literal suicide note. And whether or not that was the intention, uh, it clearly wasn't from Drag City. They pitched it as sort of like uh, tales of disconnect from America, which we all need right now. Yeah. You know, we, we need a we need a compatriot. And that I think that was the intention. But now there there is no way um, to see it for me personally. I can't speak for anybody else any other way uh, than a suicide note. And that is um, – uh, well, we'll we'll get into it, yeah, but yeah. but but uh, but I want to say, if we put that context aside for a minute, you being the super fan, me being the guy who never heard a Silver Juice song, <laughs> which I, I mean I heard yeah. it, but I didn't pay attention. For for me to be clear, they were the Pavement cover band, and I just didn't love Pavement enough, and right. and um, uh, and and I started listening to this. I got this way before it came out. And I listened to it, and I was like, it sounds a little bit like Pavement. And I started listening to it more, and what I found was that it is true that David Berman was a remarkable writer. Um, that that uh, that song we just heard, All My Happiness Is Gone, uh, you know, there's a line in there. It's like, it's not the icy bike chain rain of Portland, Oregon. Yeah. You don't, you don't come by that line easy. One of one of the interesting things about when you know when you sort of uh, get when you get David Berman um, is uh, he has so many lyrics that just completely alter the world around you you know um, and and yeah. and there have been several comments to this effect you know if if you if you're a certain kind of of Berman fan you think about him anytime you put on corduroy pants because there's a memorable line about how they're, you know, they're built of gutters that the rain can run right through. You see a city skyline and you see jagged car keys. Uh, um, you know, he just, he just transformed the world around you. And he had this amazing uh, uh, ability to deliver insight that was at once kind of funny and, and morbid and alive. And that just made you feel so connected to all of existence. It was really, um, he was just such an amazing um, and gifted writer. And, and I think that, that 
is you know that that goes for his for his poetry um yeah for me also he was a poet yeah and this is and this is in fact kind of you know my my berman story um uh goes back to um you know i remember hearing um some stuff off of the natural bridge which um a lot of people including um our friend Ryan Walsh consider um, kind of a a masterpiece. That album came out in 96. Mm -hmm. Um, In 98, American Water, which is probably his most well-known album as the Silver Jews came out and because Stephen Malcolmus is on there. And, um, and, uh, and that's when they sort of, uh, when Berman especially got the kind of um, the tag of being a pavement um, side project. Um, he followed that up with, uh, Bright Flight and then, uh, was gone for a little bit. He came back with, um, um, with Tanglewood Numbers in 05 and then Lookout Mountain, Lookout Sea. Um, there was a recording before Natural Bridge too, which sort of is, is really fun for, for pavement, um, completist because there's a really young Malcolmus. There's some insightful Berman stuff. They all, he went to college with Bob Nastanovich and, and Stephen Malcolmus at UVA yeah. and the in the late 80s. Um, and then in 08, Berman did something really interesting, which is he, he, he posted something to the Drag City message board um, announcing that he was going to retire from music. Um, because he had, of his dad. Yeah, he had, he had already been through some pretty severe uh, bouts of depression and addiction and had been helped through it um, by turning to religion becoming more devout. Um, his, his ex-wife, Cassie Berman was, was a big part of that. Um, and I think for people who loved Berman, these are all things that, you know, you feel like he was, he was a friend. And so you felt connected to all this. Anyway, he, in 2008, he basically said, uh, he kind of outed his dad as a, a horrible, um, you know, Republican lobbyist Mm -hmm. who had done much to advance the current agenda of evil that, um, we're grappling with today. And explained that he, uh, you know, his music was an attempt to undo a little bit of the damage that his dad had caused. And he realized that that was kind of selfish and that he, he couldn't possibly hope to counter that much evil. And so he was going to stop and go do something else. Which is an interesting take um, um, because he didn't go and do policy, for example. Right. That, that's what combats it directly. And um, and it is always the 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 artist's plight, you know, um, and, yeah. and specifically, artists like if you, if you're speaking out about something, what what how far will you go? Uh, we inside baseball recently had a thing with Seth Hurwitz at the nine thirty club, and the mm-hmm. entire DC scene did not speak up. Fact, which is which is fact. Yeah, and and that's confusing because if it was not close to home, I I would imagine everybody in that scene would have spoken up, but yep. to date, none of them have, and so leaving. Um, in many ways, leaving music to to combat his dad's evil it seems kind of laughable, but at the same time, I think belief, uh, self belief, has a lot to do with choices we make like that. Mm-hmm. And if that's the only thing he felt he could do, uh, then that's that's it. We're not required to uh, make these giant steps to change yeah. the world. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think. Um... You know, it, it certainly, in an odd way, I think for the people who um, who felt seen by him or who felt gotten by him because they got him, um, that that felt like a very important uh, clue to sort of understanding what drove Berman. And I think like a lot of yeah. dudes my age, like I spent much of my twenties like pouring over Berman lyrics. Um, you know, uh, that was like one of the when I had a, a little. A to-go CD binder in the days of the disc man when you could only pick 12 records to have yeah. with you. Um, uh, there was always uh, one, uh, sometimes two Silver Jews records in my little 12-disc uh, backpack binder. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I treated I treated his writing as sort of like these sort of like mystical dispatches. And I thought that if I understood them or or unlocked the code that that, you know, some bigger truth would be revealed to me. And so I'm just saying that to like emphasize that, that this is someone, um, you know, there are several musicians whose work I love deeply, but only a few of them are like written into my DNA. Only a few of them like, um, inform the way my brain works through problems. It's ability to, you know, I think my sort of personal ability to like tolerate two competing truths and hold them 
in my mind yeah. at the same time is is a direct function of my experience with with Berman's music, and so. Um, this is your third stage. Yeah, <laughs> it is my third stage. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that makes it all the more you know heartbreaking, bewildering, angering, frustrating that this Purple Mountains album is is just so incredible. Um, and it has, you know, many, um, it was an album that I didn't, you know, I had, I had not loved the last two Silver Jews albums as much. I mm -hmm. thought there was sort of a, a tendency to a kind of cleverness or just sort of like playing with words in a way that I thought, well, this is interesting. And, and, uh, but, but it's, I don't know that those songs are that, are that great. Um, and I, and, you know, by his account, um, he sort of wanted to retire the silver Jews moniker and, and work differently when he came back to music. And that's, that's where purple mountains came from. When, when you got the advance, I was, I was thrilled because I'd heard all my happiness is gone. And I thought, oh my God, you know, Berman is, yeah. is back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to it a few times and it didn't, it didn't quite resonate. I heard a little bit of that tendency to be abstract and, it sort of didn't have something that I wanted immediately. And then um, my friend um, who's been mentioned on this podcast before, Matt, Matt Suter, um, messaged me at one point after the album came out weeks later and was like, hey, where, where are you on this Purple Mountains record? I feel like it's better than, you know, half of Malcolm's, uh post-pavement catalog. Um, and, and I told him at the time, I was like, I didn't, it didn't connect with me, but... Um, I had just gotten the vinyl from Drag City and I put the record yeah. on while I was working at home one afternoon and I, you know, was not able to work. I just sort of sat there with the lyric sheet and, was, and it's right it's right out of the gate. Yeah. Like it's yeah. right the 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 song uh that's just the way that I feel. Uh just just kills it. It is an absolutely perfect song. Hell, I mean things have not been going talk about these lines in here i, I spent <laughs> yeah. a decade playing chicken with oblivion yep but this line um is so classic so perfect uh when i sat down and finally really listened to it this is what got me in when i try to drown my thoughts in gin i find my worst ideas know how to swim yeah david david and, berman could make you laugh out loud yeah like that uh, uh, yeah, the the rest of that, the the back half of that song is all these this litany of impossible failures <laughs> um, that ultimately, like a lot of the songs on this album, ends up in the protagonist, which we'll assume is him, giving up. Yeah, just giving up. And uh, but n devoid of the context that we have, it makes it hilarious. You know, it makes it yeah, like Confederacy yeah. of Dunces level hilarious, and it's just like. The trick to songwriting for people who ever wondered about it is not every word has to be perfect. Perfect. It is having hooks in there so that you can 
just sort of spin a fog yeah. <laughs> between the hooks. And and in just in this album, I didn't go back and listen to the Silver Jews catalog uh, because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not I'm interested in this album, this statement from him, and th- there are. These gem lines in here, uh, darkness and cold. The light of my life is going out tonight without a flicker of regret. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and he's talking about his ex-wife going out. Yep. <laughs> right. There's, and, and, there's, and so the yeah the trick is like this this fog between those lines is I think where his mastery lied is that he could think of it's almost like he thought of the punchline and yeah. then how do, how do I get there. And, and and sometimes when you're that good at doing that, you can fall victim to your own cleverness, right? You can sort of, you can build to elaborate, to elaborate a scenario to like make the punchline work. When, when, when Berman was firing on all cylinders, like those lines just snuck up on you and just slapped you across the face. The one, um, there's a, there's the last song on the album, Maybe I'm the Only One for Me. Um, has a line that uh, made me just laugh out loud, like full-on belly laugh. Bending me, honeymoon, nursery, another tune into my mind, the thought begins to see. If no one's fond of fucking me, maybe no one's fucking fond of me. If no one's fond of fucking me, I guess that no one's fucking fond of me. <laughs> and maybe I'm the only one for me. Yeah. yeah. That could be a Randy Newman song. Yeah. Um, and- it, it, it's, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it, it showcases exactly his ability to kind of, to sort of talk to you like a friend uh, through, through a record and. Um, and and to also get at some real shit, you know. I think you know, in in between making us laugh on that's just the way that I feel. He basically uh, describes an impulse for kind of a Buddhist separation from desire. Right, the end of all wanting is all that I've been wanting. Um, he kind of riffs on the politics of the day by um, saying, "Of course, I've been humbled by the void. Much as my faith has been destroyed, I've been forced to watch my foes enjoy ceaseless feasts of Schadenfreude." Yeah. Um, you know, it's just those are such rich words, and they're just put together in such a, a convincing way. And his delivery of them on the song is just—it's um, just, it's just so, yeah. Another uh, another song where he, he addresses this very directly is Marguerite's at the moment. Drawn up all my findings, and I warn you they are candid. My every day begins with reminders I've been stranded on this planet where I've landed neath this gray as granite sky, a place I First of all, he says, I've been stranded on this planet where I've landed. 
But how long can a world go on under such a subtle God? How long can a world go on with no new word from God? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he clearly was a man who thought about faith and was searching for something, some answer, looking externally for the answer instead of internally. Um, and um, that song, though, is explodes in a mariachi band <laughs> and, and, expo- and exposes the reality about America. Yeah. Yeah, like Margaret we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck what's going on. We, we we say we're mad about it, but like, oh, there's multicolored margaritas at the mall. Let's let's go have a drink. Yeah, yeah. It it um, it's it's not you know it's not a novel truth or like a novel insight, but it's just it's it's delivered in such any and even the idea of like the idea of like a subtle god. I'm not sure I've heard it articulated quite that yeah. way. The idea of like. I'm not telling you he doesn't exist or she doesn't exist. I'm just saying the work he or she is doing is pretty fucking subtle. Well, I don't know I, if it's I, enough. I think that's working up to uh, atheism. I, I think yeah. that's saying that's saying that like he's absent and he doesn't want to say he's absent because the second he starts saying that God is absent, then you have to stop believing. Yeah. Well, um, you know, his his writing was was for sure weighty. And I think he, he, he handles some of those things really, really well here. It's... Um, you know, once when I had that experience of of kind of sitting down and getting lost in the album, um, for the first time in a while, I was like, you know, wait a minute, when is that show that I have tickets for? Um, mm-hmm. Because I bought them months ago because it was you know David Berman on tour, um, and hadn't really thought about it. And suddenly I heard this album and I got really excited for it. Um, and as it happens, um, you know that that uh, this was probably two weekends before he, his. Um, his suicide. And so, um, you know, trying to make peace of this, um, trying to make sense of this, um, when you're also frankly, um, you know, as I, I saw someone, um, uh, characterize it on a message board as like being angry with David Berman for murdering David Berman. And that's, that's yeah. a little bit how it, how it feels. It feels like this, this sort of amazing presence was, uh, was taken from us. Um, and in a way that, you know, for someone who was so verbose and so eloquent and so insightful, you know, that, that final gesture was just like completely devoid of explanation. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, I, I, I that, that's depend, one way depending on at, how you view the yeah, album. Depending yeah. On how, well, yeah. depending on how you view the album, depending on how you look at, at, at suicide, I think, uh, the explanation is is simple that the person simply did not want to be here, um, and as we view life and death and the circle of life and all that stuff, it, it's very hard for us to philosophically grasp what any of that means. Nobody, I mean, literally, nobody has an answer. You can you can fall on whatever side. You can seek religion, uh, but nobody has an answer. I think he addresses that. There are two. Rem- the poet side of him is what really, even just listening to this today, drew me into this stuff. But uh, Snow's Falling in Manhattan, that is a, uh, that's just like a holiday poem. Yeah. It didn't need music. Snow is falling in Manhattan In a slow diagonal fashion On the Sabbath, as it happens, snow is falling in Manhattan. If it looks like it might be a bad one, good caretaker springs to action. Salts the stoop and scoops the cat in Tests the nice patch for traction Snow, snow all It has, it does such a lovely thing too and, 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 um, and when David Berman could, could pull this off It's just, his level of mastery was just it's just kind of incomparable, but but you know the structure of the song is such that he's describing someone preparing for a blizzard, and as anyone 
you know, as, as we all know, there's a certain kind of, there's a ritualistic nature to that, to the expectation yeah. of the snow. He describes the, the protagonist of the song as scooping this cat up off the porch and, and bringing him in. And then, and then toward the end, he starts to talk about what songs do and what music does. And he says, songs build little rooms in time and housed within the song's design is the ghost the host has left behind to greet and sweep the guest inside, which is essentially what he just told you he did to the cat. <laughs> and so the listener yeah. in sort of this version is the cat sitting in his living room, having been scooped up from a storm into a warm, a warm environment for just and a he, moment. And he's also like referencing like what Burroughs, William Burroughs, like thought of, of music as time travel. Yeah. Um, and, and I can tell you just how hard this week has been. It is. Uh, I sent you a picture from Lake Michigan and I was sitting down there, but I was yeah. not in Lake Michigan. I was somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that the more I go through life and I think you, and I think all the people that we know go through life, understand that more. And, and the trick is to figure out how to harness that so that you have something to cling on to at all times. Uh, because it, it has been there for me. It will be there for me. And, and, you know, the, the, old cliche of music saved my life. I don't think that's a cliche. I think, I think that's an important thing. Art. Let's just yeah. make art. Well, it doesn't have to be music, but I, not, it's not, it's not expressed. Oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to uh, okay. say, I, I, I just, I just had a, um, um, I'm, I'm kind of getting worked up to be, um, a living liver donor for my mom. And I was meeting with the, the right. person in the process who acts as my advocate. And, uh, she wanted to know what my recovery would be like. And she said, well, how do you, you know, what do you do to make, you know, essentially, what do you do to make life bearable <laughs> was really her question. <laughs> yeah. And how will that factor into your recovery after we cut out, you know, half of your liver um, and you're in bed for several weeks? And like, without hesitation, I was like, well, music is going to be a huge part of my recovery, right? There's yeah. no, you know, I'll probably hear music right up until they they put me under. And as I slowly come out from under that, and hopefully we'll have, you know, given my mom many more years on this earth and uh, we'll have a liver to grow back. Um, yeah. Music will be one of the first things I think about. So, yeah. And, and like I, for, for people who've followed this podcast, you know, I was on meds for many years. I recently went off meds. Uh, I'm sort of in the middle of withdrawal, but what I found, uh, I kind of rediscovered music. Like it feels different now. Yeah, it feels, and I was feeling it before, but it it feels like more uh, more vital, more more like blood in the veins, and and that's why uh, this song "Nights That Won't Happen" like hits me so hard. The dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind. When the here and the hereafter momentarily align. See the need to speed into the lead suddenly decline. Dead know what they're doing when they leave this world behind. Subsides, all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. All the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. Nights that won't happen, time we won't spend, time we won't spend with each other again, with each other again. If there's any indication on this album that this was a suicide note, this is the song. And even I, I tried so hard to separate this from a lament of just like, hey, think of all the fun we could have had. But it's not. Um, it starts off, you know. Uh, you know, well, when dying, dying's finally done and the suffering subsides, all the suffering gets done by the ones we leave behind. But it also presents this idea that the dying know what they're doing. He's trying to excuse himself. 
uh, or the protagonist of that. And and this song, when I get to it, like, absolutely crushes me. And, and I think it would crush me every time, regardless of how his life worked out, how the creator, like if the creator still existed. But it it it, it is so. Um, it's it's at this one point, one case philosophically, you can say it's enlightened, but it's also like the bleakest of the bleak. Yeah, the um, there are a couple of really um, stunning moments on that song, you know, the and it's the small details. It's when he says, have, have no doubt about it, hun, the dead will do all right. Um, or when he describes death as a black camel that kneels down so we can ride. I mean, that, that image um, is really, um, it just, you know, it, it, it um, I, I think back to, and I know I've sort of been like gushing about his, his, uh, his lyrical gifts, but um, to, to pull sort of a song at random out of the Silver Jews catalog, well, not at random because it's a very good song. I, I Remember Me, which is a very plot heavy song about mm. a couple who fall in love and he's ready to propose and a runaway truck hits him and he's in a coma. Um, and he comes to and uh, finds out that the woman he loved has married a banker and moved to Oklahoma and he gets a settlement. It's a very plot heavy song. Like I said, he gets a settlement. He buys the truck that hit him that day and he walks around and touches the part where the metal's bent. And he's saying, I remember me. I remember you. I remember her. Like you hear the song and the, the whole plot is just like devastating and, and, and amazing. But the more you hear it, the things that you remember from it are these weird narrative details that he puts in there. So after the character right. gets hit by the truck and he's presumably lying by the side of the road looking up, he there's this phrase, the tape hiss from the trees. Um, I literally cannot be around a tree when it's windy and not think of that line, right? The tape hiss from the trees or right. black crows right. nailed to the sky. Um so that that black camel, the minute I read that, and I remember I went upstairs immediately and I was like sort of semi in tears. And this, mind you, David Berman was alive at the time. I had just been yeah, yeah. wrecked by the song and I had and I went upstairs and I was like, Sasha, you have to listen to this. I'm gonna read you these lyrics. And I was I was crying by the middle of it, you know? It it's yeah. it's just incredibly powerful stuff. It's incredibly powerful stuff and it it, it um speaks to what um what I think we need to talk about about this album is is that context. I think uh, so. His suicide changed the context of that. Regard, regardless of whether I what I think of that song, you know, I, I I think that that is rooted in the deepest, darkest places of his depression that he gave into. And suicide, like like more so than anything that I, I can think of. The, the ripple effects are so vast and life changing for so many people, and I there, there's like there's no right way to talk about it because we have no none of us know what life. Uh, I already said this, but none of us know what life is. Right. So, the, so, the, so there's literally there's suicide in in my family, mm -hmm. in in my in my partner's family, and. Without that, you wouldn't be hearing my voice. Yeah, I don't know that there's value in that. I just know that that is, um, and and that's a, that's a that's a tough pill to swallow, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's because y you can be mad at people. Like I'm mad at Neil Casal, and I barely know him. Uh, I also hope that if there is something out there that he's he's resting easy, and the same for David Berman, uh, and. The, the, just the idea that we don't know, and so then the reaction. I think when things like this happen, it comes down to what are like what are we mourning? What how how are we contextualizing this? Why are we contextualizing it the way we have to now? Uh, are we mourning this lack of new content? There's no more David Perman content coming, yeah. uh, or are we lacking that there was this energy in the world this this right thing because if there's anything you know you mentioned that we were struggling how to talk about this i was struggling if i wanted to because i just didn't you know my my view was like oh here's this just privileged white fuck who like writes things that intellectual white fucks like yeah. and i was like ed i didn't know you were like that <laughs> <laughs> and you were not surprised then <laughs> no and yeah. and 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 i found a, 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 to my benefit that i was wrong 
So I was completely wrong about that. And so I'm left with not knowing a person's work. I'm left with not knowing uh, him at all um, and knowing how it impacted like Ryan. Yeah. Tangentially, just yeah. I haven't we haven't talked to him, but um but but having this audacity to speak about how bad things can get and ultimately that's a good thing in the world and so that energy is gone. Uh and and so the trick is maybe like which is it? <laughs> you know, is yeah. it the content or the energy? And then how, how do we like you can't romanticize it. Right. I, I, like, I, think, I need you around, dude. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> I, I I went back to music message boards that I hadn't been on in years. Um, yeah. And, and, and was, you know, not surprised to find that there were several people who hadn't been to those message boards in year, years either yeah. coming back in to say, hey, is everyone doing okay? You know, uh-huh. um, I think, I think with, um, I think in general, um, your question is a really, um, is a really important one for the casual music uh, person. Because um, a lot of people are not connected to the real humans behind the art that they consume, right? Yeah. And as somebody who runs a blog and podcast, that's that's so true. More true, I think, for people who do what I do, music writers. Yeah, exactly. We stop thinking about the person behind the thing. Exactly. And then when you meet the person behind the thing, when you when you actually do that, you understand that they're just people and they're doing a thing. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the answer and I think it probably varies. I think it probably depends a little bit on, on, you know, in the case of someone like a David Berman, you know, I, I, I just took it for granted, um, that this, this like beautiful map that Drag City sent out, um, of an artist who did a rendering of all these, you know, lyrics from, from Berman's music made real, I just sort of assumed that that map would continue to grow and and get more complicated and um and um and that he had sort of mastery of of the force right of the creative impulse that drove him to create but made him court darkness um, that like Bowie he would live forever yeah um that that you know um we sort of we sort of you know we sort of glance at the abyss but it's not really going to sweep us in um I think I think for for the subset of people who who were kind of on the Berman train, um, this this really does feel like losing um, someone who had been a source of wisdom and light and guidance and who had um, helped helped to see the world differently. I think, um, you know, I I immediately uh, went to. Um, wonder how again people i don't i've met stephen malkmus a couple of times like i'm friends with bob nastanovich on facebook i don't i don't really know them Mm -hmm. Um, but i was immediately worried about how people were receiving the news i was thinking about cassie of course i was thinking about so many things and 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 folks i know who are close to to david berman i saw you know several very moving uh personal images and i think especially cassie because i think in, in 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 the context of this this is this is kind of a mean fuck you to her, and and it's impossible to know the intention now. Yeah, and but and we know what it is because yeah of what happened. And that's why I sort of you know I I I tend to um, not that it's like up to uh, like we're not the forensic team here you know but no. but I I certainly tend to think that this was um, I think he was clearly preoccupied with 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 death and loss and. You know, um, this was the week after back-to-back mass shootings. Yeah. Um, his dad was a lobbyist who advanced the NRA's agenda, right? Like David Berman was a sensitive guy and he was really worried about the evil that had been done um, in, his, in his family's name. And so, um, you know, all these things can, 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 be, can be factors in how, in how he processes it. I, I, I think, you know, I, I favor the sort of like he was in a dark place um, – and uh, maybe sort of climbing without a net, and he didn't think he would lose his balance, and he did. And uh, you know, you you can't you can't come back from that. But um, and and maybe you know that's a story I have to tell myself so that I can continue to right. to feel and 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 love the work he's he's left us with. But it doesn't 
you know, when I get over, like I'm past, um, I'm certainly past denial. Um, and I thought I was, um, at bargaining, but some days I'm still very much, it's very much anger. It's, it's this like, um, you know, there's, there's something uncomfortable now when I, when I, when I go back and listen to his music, which is again, like stitched into the fabric of my being. It's like, yeah. a, you know, um, like a retrovirus. It's like writing my DNA. Um, so, well, and I, and I think to that end, what's important is that, uh, when something like this happens, it, we, we get complacent. Mm-hmm. Start taking control of our own destinies, and uh, often we look to artists falsely. I, I will add, we we shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, we should. Artists are there to entertain. They can illuminate, but ultimately, uh, ultimately they're just people. You should just be like, "Hey, bro, this is great." You know, high five, and 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 if you can support them uh, financially, because that's what people need, you you do that. But uh, but uh, you know, when we have these things stitched into us. And then they're gone. It's it's a brief window uh, before that wound closes back up, and we become completely complacent again. And you decide what you're gonna do and what you're gonna be. You know, is there part of Berman that uh, you want to carry forward? Uh, for that matter, is there part of Berman that I want to? Do I pay attention to more songwriters who are like this? Do I try to like talk to more songwriters who are like this? Um, you know, do we get active in uh, suicide prevention? You know, th- those type of things. And, and um, it unfortunately is the most powerful. It's when, it's when art becomes the most powerful in yeah. tragedy. Yeah. And um, the, the and part of me, because because I think of Berman, the writer Berman, the kind of the, the you know the guy who sort of knew how to build songs and, and and narrative. Part of me, part of me is like almost angry at that master storyteller for, um, for also basically um, cheaply raising the stakes. Um, yeah. With yeah. right, I mean that's that's um, and and you're so good at the craft, and then it's like, but you just yeah, it, 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 it out when it came time. And so and so. The challenge really is to, I think, um, not feel like um, the dark side is winning, um, and 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 it's been difficult to like hold on to that um, yeah. to that feeling, that spark. Um, it'll be, um, yeah, and it's not going to get any easier anytime soon as society slowly collapses in the world. Well, it, yeah, it doesn't. If yeah. regardless of Trump is in office or whoever. Is how many mass shootings we have. Uh, that all has, has made it. That's supplied pressure. Um, but it, it's it's also never been easy. Yeah. And uh, and it's never going to be. That's part of existence. And you work on being resilient. You find people that help you be resilient. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes, uh, obviously, like that fails. Like there's no, I, I'd love to say, you know, the suicide hotline, let me tweet out something the other day, reach out, you know, somebody's yeah. out there, listen, sometimes there's just not. Yeah. And those are the times when vulnerable uh, individuals uh, lose. Yeah, this, um, it stings, um, it more than stings. Um, yep. And I, you know, I would love to be uh, reviewing this album under happier circumstances. I'd love to you know, have been able to G-chat you from an awesome Purple Mountain show uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. And um, and I would love to have, you know, tried to meet David Berman that night just to, to, just to be that guy who says your work means a lot to me. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And we don't get to do that. No, we don't. But we get to listen to the album, and I think people should. And if it's your thing, go back and... Dig back into his catalog, uh, and uh, even though I just said it, like if you said the opposite, if you do need help, reach out. Yeah, you have a network. You have people. Find find your anchors. Yeah, whether they're people, things, cats, weed. Don't no crack like David Berman. That's not a good anchor. <laughs> right. Don't fall into uh, a K hole. Don't um, throw. Definitely don't fall into a K hole. Uh, find your anchors, whatever they may be, and be unapologetic in that those are your anchors. 
yeah. uh, because that is ultimately what saves you, and we need you all here. So, going to take a quick break. Come back and uh, finish this out. Thanks for hanging out and, uh, and talking to you. She was so good and kind to me. She was. Thanks to Eduardo for hanging out and talking about that. I know that was not, um, it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't easy for him. We, um, we postponed it a lot, like he said. And, um, you know, these things, uh, crush people and then they crush the people around. It's, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, just being empathetic sometimes can get to be too much. And, uh, and then, you know, sometimes the worst, the unimaginable happens. Uh, again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Uh, if you need help, reach out to that. Um, but like we just said at the end of this, you know, find your anchors. It's okay to need support. It's okay to need help. Uh, just uh, don't don't be ashamed of that. And, uh, and take care of yourself. We're going to get out of here. Everybody have a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, Love yourself. And most importantly, we're going to get out of here. Everybody have a great Labor Day weekend. Uh, Love your people. Be good to your people. Uh, But most importantly, love yourself. And know that uh, the people that love you are there uh, for you no matter what. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.